What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio. We have a very special guest for you today, my good friend Kyle Harbaugh. He joins us on the show. He is an entrepreneur, co-founder of Something Growing. That's a cannabis and psychedelics convention business, a big convention this coming December 17th and 18th in Hampton, Virginia. He's also the co-founder of Extract Brands, which is a company that produces a CBD energy drink. He also has a non-CBD version, but it's got zero calories, zero sugar, uh, no artificial flavors, sweeteners, keto-friendly, all the good things. Again, zero cows, zero sugar, only one of its kind, especially in the cannabis industry. In this interview, Kyle goes through how he partnered with others to be pioneers in the energy drink and hemp market uh, and what successful brands do when building a presence online and how to identify meaningful partnerships through that entrepreneurial journey. You know, there's a lot of doors and avenues you can take and he kind of guides us through his process of figuring that out for himself. So we kick off the show with Kyle discussing the importance of building a brand, especially online and social media with today's uh, internet presence, how a podcast can elevate an organization or a brand, and introducing his daughter to the digital world as well and how he's using that to actually teach her uh, managing money. So he's teaching her real-world skills with the internet and the digital age. Then he goes into his background about how he got to where he is today, one of our favorite questions to kick off a great conversation. And then he dives into the story behind Extract Energy and talks about building the brand, especially kicking off at the height of COVID. So Tim, I know this was our first sit down and podcast with Kyle. What'd you think? I absolutely love this interview with Kyle. Uh, We had him on previously on the Simply Nano episode. And um, I know he had been on there with like, three or two or three or four other people. So mm-hmm. we weren't able to obviously have a specific long conversation with him. So it was good to schedule this. And he had a yeah. lot of great insights about the entrepreneurial journey, um, transitioning into like a r- regular job back and forth, balancing different things, um, ra- raising like a daughter and like a young person into a digital world. I thought mm-hmm. that was a good discussion. Uh, but yeah, he talks about how specifically brands in like the CBD space, any medical brand, how they can distinguish themselves from others by educating people at the service level and eliminating that knowledge gap between complex medical information and the consumer. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was a good discussion. Um, And then we asked him how he first got into the CBD and cannabis industry. He talks about when he was a bodyguard, he would be around some of the top industry thought leaders in that space and the types of questions he would ask them. And I thought a story like that was really cool because like every time that you can be just around people who are are playing at levels above you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer if you're playing basketball, yeah. a sport, anything, when you should hang out people who are smarter than you and better than you and play against people who are better than yep. you. So And he mastered I, that. He's yeah. a homegrown hustler. Man. Yeah. And those were those principles that he got from that are what helped him be successful with extract. So yep. I thought that was cool learning about that and um, ask him how he filters good and bad advice as an entrepreneur because you hear a lot of stuff internally, externally. How does he know how to filter good advice and how does he know how to build those relationships? And then, obviously, in the show, asking about the Something Growing Convention in December, which we've talked about on this podcast before. Um, he explains the mission behind that and then ends the show how he wants to be remembered. So, yeah, I know people are going to love this episode, whether um, you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a leader at your company, whether you're someone trying to just build networking relationships. You're going to learn a lot here. So, without further ado, episode 196, Kyle Harbaugh.
Yeah. So but I like thought it was still NIT like overall just kind of fizzled out. I feel like that whole crypto. I feel like it'll come back. An absolute beating mm-hmm. because of the market. People yeah. people gotten spooked a little bit just because of what it's what it's done. Yeah, yeah. People were expecting to invest when they did and see it go up more. Mm-hmm. And then people. they got yeah they got the rug pulled on them. Yeah, yeah. Hey, wee, that was it, a tumble. It, it ain't for the mentally weak. No, <laughs> right, you right. gotta believe in it. And I mean, but you don't yeah. see it as much. Like you see social media, like all the crypto influencers are right. into hiding you know where'd all the expertise knowledge go the, yeah because yeah. the market was good and yeah they and they were educating and some Showed a lot ass. of them were profiting off it too yeah. selling courses about yeah. it, like hey i made this much but yeah yeah mark cuban in his uh i read a book mark Cuban's called how to win the sport of business it was like a compilation of all his like blog posts and stuff he was saying something in there. He's like, don't ever, don't ever get fooled by individual success when the market is good. Yeah. He's like, you should be successful for other reasons besides the market is good. Mm. So I thought that was interesting. It kind of applies to that. Yeah, that does. I mean, yeah. that's, that's good knowledge to take and run with. Yeah. I'm going to take a few seconds. I'm going to let that truck noise get on the mic so that I can snip it out. Okay. Slager's awesome. good with the editing stuff. Yeah. The garage band. He, he's, he's a master of his craft when it comes to uh, podcast production. Rough on the edges, but... You should teach um, a class at Butler how to how to uh, no, produce a podcast. Not. No, I should not. Hey, is there a, is Timmy there a, v should teach is there a class a, at Butler? I should not. Is there a class at Butler right now though for like how to start a podcast? Probably not. Probably not. Be cool we if they should did. teach a class. That's one thing that Gary V hits on. What's that? Having a podcast, your own podcast. It's every seems, business. Yeah, he says every business yeah. should that's trying to build a brand. Yeah, yeah. Like radio is coming back. Yeah. Um. So that'd be cool if we taught a podcast yeah. class. Because people are slowly realizing, like, people that have commutes, instead of just sitting here, like, I can get an education on my commute through podcasts. So the more people realize that. You know, we're all our own personal brands. If you're trying Mm -hmm. to level up in work or business, what more value can you bring to a company? You know, I work for a playground company now, too. So what other value do I bring about bringing, you know, talking about them on a podcast or Mm -hmm. what other value if I'm trying to get a job at Nike? Hey, I've got... 400,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. You know, I can bring even more eyes to your brand. I'm not like they need any more eyes, but mm-hmm. still, it's all about building your own personal brand and how you're going to sell yourself to either a find a job that you want or, you know, continue your entrepreneur race. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Podcast and video. Cause like when you do the podcast, you have long form content, mm-hmm. you can always repurpose that content yep. to like bite sized pieces for brands, for yourself, for whoever. Yeah. And that's awesome. another thing too, is finding those little, you know, the shorts. Mm-hmm. Those are important now. Yeah. So how do we get these shorts? Yeah. Because that's what Search. all the kids are attracted to right yeah. now. Yeah. How do you get the, the kid audience? They're on YouTube shorts all day long. Yeah. That's what Tim's know that telling me. YouTube shorts. It's because yeah. of my, you know, because of my kids. Yeah. You know, they're glued to that. And they're like, yo, YouTube shorts. And then I go see my nephews and they're YouTube shorts. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's So yeah. sounds like we need to start so having So you kids. haven't listened to Gary Vee. <laughs> Gary Vee talks about shorts as well. And he was telling me how it's good for search optimization too. Because yep. obviously YouTube's Google. And like kids these days, they'll, they'll get a phone when they're 10 years old. Like kids are searching too. So like you can always reverse engineer that with your videos on shorts specifically. Yeah. That's what yeah. I teach my, my kids. You know, yeah. Specifically my daughter because she's entering that age where she's got her phone and just starting to understand yeah. Instagram and all that. And it's like, hey, we're building a brand. Like you're a basketball player, you're a volleyball player, mm-hmm. you know, building those clips. But then also educating people. So for her, she's really glued to Robux, Robux, Roblox, but she gives her, I give her Robux in order to try and help teach her 
uh, money management. Mm. So, hey, look, you get $10 a month. That buys you 800 Robux. You've got to keep 500 in the bank. Yeah. And for every month, you know, you will get that. But then I always up and lower yeah. the, the savings. Just trying to teach her, you know, just yeah. savings in sense that she's something that she's connected to instead of just... You know, yeah. when you give them money, they may not be interested in money right now at this age. So it's just going to go in one ear, not the other. But right. if you can teach them those different properties and stuff that they're interested in. Yeah. So I try to connect with my, my daughter a lot through um, gaming and yeah. what yeah. she's... Can uh, can people buy stocks within the Roblox world? Do they have stuff like that? Where you, like tools that help... Like, grow they the do money? have games because yeah. like... Roblox is just an open, like you kind of design your game, third yeah. party type mm. stuff. You know, it's all terrible graphics and yeah. on stuff on some stuff. But it's they really have a game for anything. Right, that's cool that somebody has. But if you can, you know, get into it, then yeah, you got different finance yeah. games on there. And I've seen, I've never seen the interface or played it. Or, yeah, but I've heard a lot about it. I see the name all the time. Everywhere, and you yeah. know, you see all of back to the crypto and the metaverse and all that stuff they're entering in these games and you know popping up stores online or mm-hmm. in in robux you got to spend whatever it is 250 robux to get a certain type of avatar or piece of clothing mm. well you know you've got the big boys starting to put their stuff in there and yeah. it's all advertising yeah but, for sure know. for sure yeah i, I want to go back to what you said though about like your daughter like the age she's in with with the phones what other advice do you give her in terms of like navigating a digital world where like having a phone gives you access to so much? Like any advice that you give her her age for that? Um, that? Just to never let what is on this phone try to persuade you or, or make make you feel less of a person. Manipulate yeah, you. Yeah. Yeah. Because you just you never know. There's so much, you know, there's so much faith. Let's just say Gucci belts. Yeah. You know, and, and most people that don't understand, they might think, oh, hey, this person paid $500 for this belt when realistically they got it mm-hmm. for 15 bucks yeah. on some knockoff site. And, you know, yeah. a lot of people, I think, take social media and that's what's changed a lot of us, man. It's, it's yeah. comparing ourselves to other people. And when you start affecting younger age groups, like they don't mentally know how to handle that. Right. And so they take it to extremes or... You know, whatever it may be, I think just protecting their minds and letting them know, like, hey, look, this isn't truly how a lot of this stuff works. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, and, like, that's a lot of these platforms, that's why they were designed, too. Like, how can we keep you engaged with the platform for as long as possible? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, using it, I always like, hey, how can you get a net positive return on your use with social media? Like, if you use it for positive things like networking and and learning and following quality accounts that give you good information that makes your headspace good like that's always good positive from it so yeah, yeah yeah and that's what like kind of what my daughter wants to do um you know we've got a joint instagram account that we're slowly okay. we haven't published anything yet but we're slowly teaching her the steps like, hey look this is how we're going to do this but yeah. it's more along the lines of hey showing what our family's doing and then also her doing like shorts like brushing your teeth tips yeah you know oh, or yeah, hey. or practicing you know yeah you know just all kinds of tips that you can engage with with the kids and that they would benefit from instead of just healthy things i do before bed yes for a good night's sleep yeah and so we've got a whole list of stuff and then you know it's it's getting her familiar with with the camera and talking in front of a camera talking with somebody recording you which is a big hurdle yeah depending on the person but yeah for me it it, it was at first yeah and well with kids it's even you know shy nervous whatever it may be and it's 
is just truly showing him like, hey, this is yeah. not as bad as what you think. Yeah. And kind of stepping out of your own, your comfort zone, pushing yourself. You know, when I was in elementary school and growing up, I didn't like to public talk. I didn't, you know, yeah. it was all just a big nervous thing. But now I think you see a lot. And that's why we have younger entrepreneurs. Right. You see them doing a lot more stuff, you know, that the parents are having them do, you know, whether it be promoting themselves or marketing themselves. So Yeah. Ditching the stand. Yeah, do you wanna you wanna cut it real quick so you don't have to hold up through that? Yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. No, you're good. My my client loves to work out. Yeah, people wa- people are watching like, oh man, he's been fucking with this stand for like three minutes. We're done. We're done. Tim had to ruin my good time. <laughs> hey, it's early in the game. Let's yeah. go. But uh, yeah, I want to go back to because I think this is a pretty important topic. And uh, I've met Kai. She's super smart. Does she, when you're trying to teach her, hey, don't let this world of social media and fakeness, even though they're real people, don't let it influence you in this way and that way. Is she, she grasped, like, does she see it like, oh, yeah, that's really not, like, yeah, that's yeah, something that is negatively going to make me worry about likes or, you know, yep. body image, yeah, anything because, like that. Well, that's the thing is a lot of these kids in these classes, when you overhear the conversation, like, they're a lot smarter than what people give them. So they are sure. picking that stuff up a lot faster. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you want to just nip that out. You don't want people having, you know, body shaming issues and stuff like that, you know, because these kids are... You know they're brutal in the classrooms. Yeah, it's tough. Kids so, are mean, dude. Yeah, they are. Kids are mean. They are. They have you know no filter up to a certain age, and even then, so it's always yeah. yeah we always go over that. You know, her mom, and uh, she's really good with that as well too, and and just cool. building. We truly try to build our kids up as much as we can. In That's yeah. good. That's good. I like that, that what you said there, build up. Like yeah. focus more on the build up instead yeah. of the tear down. Yeah. Hey, like look, that's the best it's, way. it's more or less coaching sessions as has how we look at it. You mm-hmm. know, it's yeah. you know, it's not so much as hey, you made a mistake, that's stupid. Why why would you make that mistake? It's hey look, it's giving them the reason why that was a mistake and why we don't do yeah. that or how we take losses. Mm-hmm. You right. know, in sports, you know, not everybody mm-hmm. gets a trophy. Right, you know, eight eighth place trophy is not fun. No. You know that that you shouldn't have that. And no. is there's more lessons to be taught there when you do lose or don't place than there is in just handing over a trophy yeah. and hoping that you know s- s- holds them over until the next the next. Right, time. right, for sure, for sure. So uh, I know we've kind of been rolling here for a sec. Uh, let's maybe tell our audience who we're talking to. Kyle, if you want to just introduce yourself, and then we were talking about your background, how you started, kind of coming up, uh, building your own thing. So I do want to get back to that as well. Uh, but yeah, maybe a quick intro, name where you're from, all that good stuff, and then we'll get that out of the way and get back in the weeds. Yes, sir. Uh, Kyle Harbaugh. I'm from Columbus, Indiana, 37. Um, living the family life now. Yeah. Uh, but I got into business with a lot of my friends. The birds are chirping. Yeah. We have to, do we have to give them five seconds to their fame? <laughs> cute nah, that's awesome yeah. but um you know got into business with some friends uh we've been grinding you guys are in my my garage this is yeah yeah working at an eight to five and also grinding on other projects that we've got going on mm-hmm. um extract energy we've been doing that for about five years now uh something growing nva is a new project we've started up this year uh cannabis convention but we kind of dabble 
in everything that we can mm-hmm. try and get our hands into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything right now that you're most excited for or anything that you're looking forward to the most right now with, uh, with everything going honestly, on? Honestly, like getting back into the workforce. Yeah. Because like I was out on my entrepreneurial own for two years there trying okay. to grind extract and we were – you know, grinding on MLM, making making some money through an MLM and kind of using that to support the entrepreneurial spirit. And I remember why I left corporate America, you know, just coming up, working in places like Enterprise and it. But then like getting back into the workforce and actually being a good, a vital piece of a team. Yeah. And just helping build up more people and help other people succeed. Like that's really something mm-hmm. I look forward to. And yeah, like the, the playground company that i work for man it is uh tough but the reward is is so yeah. high right now yeah cool and just seeing that scale and grow and the people come in and the, yeah it's, it's just fun to be a part of and what's the name of the playground company nvb playgrounds nvb yeah playgrounds yes, nice sir. yeah okay great a good, fr- a good friend of mine owns it uh his name yeah. is nick and we were on a family vacation we got to chopping it up and he was like I could do some help in the shipping world, and yeah. that was kind of my background and where I really kind of advanced my career was was logistics. Yeah. And we come in and we just revamped everything, and we had our biggest month last month. Um, nice shipping yeah. the nice. the whole company, so it's been a fun project. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, like being able to manage time too with, with everything, because no, I, I work with a lot of people too who they they work for a company, but they also have something on the side. Mm-hmm. And I work with people too who have who have transitioned back and forth. They'll be an entrepreneur then then back into the corporate world. Is there anything that you've like learned in that transition back, or like any skills you picked up, any uh, like advice you'd give to anybody doing the same? Time management and really like everybody says, your time is is so valuable. So you start to you know. Who's really about their business? Who's got their ducks in a line? Yeah. You know, when people say, oh, hey, I want to start a business, but they don't have anything on paper. They have no yeah. idea how to do that. And you, you get that a lot. And you get a lot of people that want to talk business, but they haven't started yet. So you, you learn to kind of move that along and shuffle Filter that. Filter out. And, know how to say no, yeah, right, to Yeah, things. exactly. Know how to say no. Um, really make an effort with your family, you know, because it becomes tough and everybody's got to get on the same page. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to make, you know, make that happen. Right. While you're chasing your dreams, you want, you know, your significant other to be able to chase their dreams plus raising kids Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the companies. So it's, it it takes a lot of uh, mental toughness. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, for for sure. sure. Yeah. That's great. And it sounds like you, you've already, I mean, we discussed really, you've already been able to teach a lot of those entrepreneurial lessons to your kids or, and, and, and do that, but also support through yeah. working for a good company that sounds like they've got a good thing going on. Yeah. So. Well, they, they push, you know, our owner has that same entrepreneurial mind spirit. He's young. He's 37. He's our age. Yeah. So you see the drive in him and he's like, yo, let's go. We want to go from, you know, this size of a company to this size. And mm-hmm. he's pushing and you see, you know, that's motivating other people. And mm-hmm. like, that's what I'm attracted to is, is allowing people to free think and, mm-hmm hey, I can go start my own business and work and do this. And that's really what, you know, we're all about is just trying to mentor people to give them more free time. You know, how do you help fight inflation? You got to have multiple incomes Mm -hmm. and multiple things going on. And we're always just trying to push, push you to be your very best. And that's what I push everybody on my team is, hey, Mm -hmm. I need you to be better than me. I want you to be better than me. I'm going to give you all my tools and this is where I, I think you guys could be. I believe in each person on my team. And yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. 
Um, so we talked about the convention. Uh, talk to us a little bit about Extract because you're running a couple different things on the side right now. Um, and I don't want to assume, but hoping that those become more full-time yep. at some point. Uh, so how did Extract kind of get its start and give us some background on that? So Extract was interesting. It was got it started in Mitch's basement. Mitch is our CEO and one of my partners. Um, he played football in college with Matt Wren, who was my best friend. Mm. So we were just going to the Cougar Classic up in Fort Wayne, um, golf outing in his basement. I had just come back from Vegas uh, and working out there and being with all those guys. Mm -hmm. And I remember like this is when the CBD was starting to get was starting to boom back in the Midwest. So you're starting to see every product come out, you know, whatever, toothpicks, oils, gummies, everything was coming out. Mm -hmm. Beverages was still probably two years behind. And I remember sitting up there and they had a falling out with another energy drink company from overseas. And they still had that drive and they're like, yo, could we put CBD in an energy drink? I was like, well, yeah, we could, you know, put it in whatever we want. We just need to get the raw materials. So, and then that led to Mitch calling his partners who were in the old failed energy drink business with him. And he said, Hey, how about we build our own drink? And that connected us to Lance. Lance was Mitch's partner in, in the old energy drink, uh, that, and then Lance said, hey, I've got another guy who owns a, a bottling company. He has his own CBD mm. drinks. Yeah. And that ended up being Mauricio. So Mauricio's in Virginia with Lance and owns the bottling plant. And he was like, uh, yeah, you know, we could start working on things. And he had a whole list of ingredients um, that he worked with. And Virginia, being a commonwealth, is very strict on CBD manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So we had to jump through a lot of hoops before we could even produce this like it had to be signed off on the virginia um, agricultural department they had to come in walk our place see what we had you know make sure you know no crazy chemicals or toxins were going in the drink Mm -hmm. so they signed off onto it and it took us about i don't know it was a month or two of going back and forth on flavoring you know going back and forth on the little carbonation um and we come up with it and we all agreed to it and there was only the four of us to start and we were also new like literally this is i've started multiple businesses and failed miserably on all kinds of stuff and it was just i never had a mentor never knew how to do never mm. you know i could get an llc don't know taxes all that other stuff mm. so all that stuff just failed miserably on trying to you know build the company up promote it and you know we didn't have access to podcast and youtube and gary v at the the push of a button or you know, all these other great entrepreneurs. So I was just failing miserably in the early 2000s. And then, you know, here we are, we're putting this together and we're like, all right, this is, we hold this um, event and we get like this roaring, like everybody's like, oh, we love this. And we're like, whoa, we got to take this serious. Like this actually turned out decent. So we might try to have to like put this together and, you know, no offense to us, the the four of us that started, but we're not the most organized. Like, we're the go-getters. <laughs> right. We're the, hey, let's put the this hunters. on our back and yeah, we'll yeah. go beat down doors and and we'll sell this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we had to find uh, uh, our, our fifth, who was Josh, who's out of uh, South Bend. And Josh is the brains behind the logo, behind everything. 
and he, he, ah, man, it's, it's a lot that goes into it. Man. Yeah. It's emotional to talk about that. Yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears go yeah. into it. Yeah. People don't understand, like, starting a business isn't just starting a business. Like, and you're dying for, for that. Yeah. And, uh, like, there's a lot that goes into it to, to make businesses pop. So Josh really brought that organization and the design and everything to us, and it just turned into a company. And mm-hmm. we went to like, ah. And it just shows, like, everyone has something different to offer. Everyone specializes right? in something. Yeah. Like, that's why it's, like, always a team effort. Like, you can't spread yourself thin and do everything. You got to have someone that's going to pick up your weaknesses. Yeah. So. And we launched that company right in the heart of fucking COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, literally, we went to launch it, like, March to get ready for the spring, and boom, March, COVID hit. Mm-hmm. So, like, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got to be able to, like, just move and adapt. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys are still standing. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, you mentioned to me you've slowed shipping just out of Virginia for yeah. now. But that'll come back down. That'll correct. Yeah. And you'll be back to the races. But it's, you know, you talked about you, you tried a handful of other companies and, and it didn't work. And how many stories have we heard where someone starts – start something to solve a problem that they themselves had and turns into this huge company. And it's, you know, you caught your break. It finally works. Like we have it. It's in our hands. We can drink it. Yeah. I had one yesterday. It's fucking delicious. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've um, had it. It's and, good too. And it, it does like for work with, with mm-hmm. all bias aside, it's the one thing I can have another cup of coffee and I won't feel the life I need. Yep. I was struggling yesterday. It was like 14, 15 hour a day. And I have one of these while I'm doing some mid afternoon computer work. And I was like, Oh, I'm back like that. I'm good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and without the crash. So it's like, you know, it's, it works. It's approved. It's, it's signed off. Amazing. It's, it's in stores. It's here. Like, and, so, and, and that's the thing is like when you're building a brand, like nobody truly knows how far the brand is going to spread. Mm-hmm. Like ours has made it to California, Canada, everywhere. And it's got raving reviews. So now we're, we're back into that. When COVID hit, Nobody could take face-to-face meetings. Mm-hmm. And if you're right. nobody, nobody gives a fuck about you. Right. Mm-hmm. Right? So here we are, we're new energy drink. And everybody has an energy drink. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trying to knock on your door. So there were no face-to-face meetings Yeah. for that first year. Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to trace down these, these distributions and, and get these meetings. But now nobody, nobody wants to talk to us. So it went to us just taking it to our back. And selling it out of our car everywhere we know we could go yeah i mean yeah. you've been there i've literally bought it from the your truck you've been on the car rides yeah. <laughs> and been on some of the journeys with us so like like that's what changed and we did roughly you know between 40 and fifty thousand just off our back yeah and then that's just hard during a pandemic it is. that's it's crazy it is it, it's crazy it's yeah. stressful on your family it's like stressful on every family it's you're trying to figure out where every dollar is going because you're an entrepreneur and you're surviving on such a small budget. Mm-hmm. You're going, you know, above and beyond for your customers just to try and make a sale to in a, a different location to try and blow that up to maybe that distribution sees them blowing up. Yeah. So it was, um, we changed that, uh, 
that approach where it went off our back. And then, you know, obviously inflation has become an absolute nightmare. Shipping costs goes up, you know, to compete with the big boys. Um, there's a lot that goes into that. So, you know, again, we've shifted our market and it hasn't been so much off our backs now, but it's been, you know, athletes. It's been gaming. How do we get in front of more people? How do we, you know, help get this drink out there? And now we've had, uh, we sponsored a Porsche car mm. in the uh, Carrera Cup. And Matty Graham's the driver. He's got a few wins under his belt. They literally raced at IMS uh, two third, weeks ago he? and got and took two third place trophies. Mm-hmm. So you see our brand out there and you see yeah. uh, everybody, you know, that's at those races. And then the race team that was involved, um, the brand was in, in the suite that everybody was involved uh, with. So people started drinking it and now the, the drivers are drinking it. So there's more more awareness coming to it and you know our other partner matt wren he's traveling more yeah so the drink is traveling with him he does a lot of speaking engagements and networking and here it comes you know it just (sighs) yeah it's it's great because you talk about brand like what do you want people to think of when they hear extract energy what what's what solution Uh, like what do you want it to you talk about the reviews like what do you what do you want it to provide for your end consumer it is health and not so much, you know, leaving an aftertaste like just being blasted with tons of vitamins. We want it to be light, refreshing, and and healthy. Mm-hmm. And that's what has went into our ingredients. And we want people to research our ingredients and try to shoot holes in, in what we've done. Um, there's so much negatives with, you know, with sugar and mm-hmm. just, you know, we're all athletes. Mm-hmm. We're all athletes that, that own the company and we're all beat up. We mm-hmm. played football, you know baseball basketball our bodies are wore out and you know we don't want to drag our bodies down by putting unhealthy products right in us and you know a lot of energy drinks just have bad yeah bad ingredients they have all the the sucralose the artificial yes. stuff and it's like i don't drink the you know every once in a while lemon drop bang on the road yeah I like right? lemon flavored stuff <laughs> yeah sue me but you know it's one thing my mom isn't into energy drinks but i wouldn't tell her not to drink this i wouldn't ever give her a bang yeah yeah yeah, i would drink that but way too much i would be okay if she like drank one of these and that like if i would give it to my mom i'm all about it it's not like just because you're my friend yep like it's a it's a damn good product um so it kind of leads me to my next question you said everyone's got an energy drink during covid if you weren't somebody like they didn't care who you were you weren't getting that meeting how did you guys start conversations what were some of your i mean i listed a few but what were some really strong differentiation differentiations um that's a tough word she uh, <laughs> i used it earlier i had to like really like stretch yeah man i had to think word, about that yeah. one what were some key factors that you know separated you from the rest that got you those conversations i'll tell you like truly because a lot of us had nine to fives mm-hmm. and it was hard for us to try and open those doors to meet those people while we were trying to work and continue our careers. But it was truly our network. And when I tell people they need to build their network and it's, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know, it, it's truly a network and it's other people believing in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people open those doors for us. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that, and that right there, it just, it, it gives you the motivation to keep going. Cause these are, you know, high quality people, uh, Matt Morgan, yeah, you know, people like that. Um, you know, Mitch has got some really high, high influencing friends and those people are opening up doors. So if they believe in you or they believe in the product, 
like you have to take it serious and you have yeah. to want to knock those meetings out of the park. And yeah. like that was, and us being athletes, like some people may not feel that motivation to, to really do that for their friends or, yeah. or whatever it may be. But I just know like that deep down drive and <clears throat> that want to make this happen, uh, you know, <clears throat> that comes out of us. Yeah. You're just all being athletes. Yeah. 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 You, you guys are, you've just grown to win. Yeah. Like it's off of, on the football field and now it's, well, we got this business people like, they're, they're supporting us. This is our team now. Yeah. It's yeah. time to win the game. Yeah. And you have to learn how to win. Like you just don't, mm-hmm. a lot of people don't know how to win yet. And that, and that's a huge thing. And that's what Ren always says. Like, don't forget, you know, don't forget how you started winning. Yeah. yeah. And you know, you put all that stuff in and some people have it. Some people don't yeah. like, and that goes back to what your question, what you were saying, like, People, I'm a firm believer, people always buy you as a person before they buy what you offer, what your service is. Like, yep. Because, like, I think that's kind of the order it progresses because they're never going to listen to anything about what you what you offer before. They, and, they and, read and that's you, true. And, and like, you know, we want to know our energy drink like nobody else. Yeah. Right? we we got to be prepared for the questions. But when we also go up and you're selling our energy drink compared to just a rep for, let's say, Red Bull or Monster, they don't know their drink inside now. They know right. the brand and what it, you know, and that's all they're selling is trying to get people to buy that logo and that brand. They haven't studied their drink. They haven't, you know, went through the ingredients. They haven't made the drink personally themselves. Right. So it's an easier sell when we can get face to face or we can network and people can see the passion that we have behind it and what we put into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just that's one thing that helps us separate us and helps us sell, you know our energy drink. And that's one yeah. thing that I was pushed with any of our employees. Like if you want to sell it or know it, you know, even though you're not part of the, the core owners, like you have to know this inside now, yeah. mm-hmm. like, you have to be with us and learn how we talk about it and sell this that way. You know, I feel like when you have uh franchises, the farther away they get from corporate, the worse they are. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, what's the, what's the, um, Just the place it. over there in by top golf. The hot dogs and oh, Portillo's. Oh, Portillo's. Portillo's. That, oh, that Portillo's still pretty good. It's though. good, but when you go <laughs> to Chicago and you get Portillo's and you get the real chocolate cake shake, like yeah, okay. it is. You're not or wrong. you go get Lou Malnati's. Lou Malnati's or you know those deep dish <laughs> pizzas. Like you go to, it's not the same. Like it's it's Chicago pizza for yeah. a reason. And when you get farther away from corporate. And you lose less passion the farther away you get from your product. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's us. If you want to sell our product, you better know this stuff inside and out and yeah. be as passionate as we are because that's how we change the industry. We don't want to be, hey, look, let's franchise out or sell this everywhere, but we're just another energy drink. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to separate right. ourselves. Or they're just selling dosage of caffeine and yeah. that's about it. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, I, I remember my dad once said, he's like, you know, because he was in sales, I mean, still is real estate, but he's been in sales his whole life. And he's like, the most prepared in the room is going to win. So like if you have an extract rep next to a Red Bull rep in the same shop and you know, the Red Bull rep can answer four out of like 20 questions and your extract rep is ready to answer 20 more. Yep. And it's like, Oh, well yeah. You build more trust. This one person is a dunce. uh, So I'm going over here. Like they're knowledgeable. They know how to speak to me. They know what I'm asking, what I'm looking for. Yep. Yeah. But, and that's that's that comes with listening to the end consumer. Like, what what are the end consumers saying right now about CBD drinks? Knowing knowing that, and like reverse engineering that into like what what you provide, I think will be good to answer those questions you're talking about. Being prepared for those. Yeah. And so, for us, like CBD, 
So it was booming, but then we had this whole other beast going of where is CBD in beverages too much? Mm-hmm. You know, people didn't know, and yeah, and it wasn't okay. You know, to, for a lot of states to sell CBDs in beverages, yeah. mm-hmm. so we were cornered with working with cannabis states trying to get product that you know people didn't know about into other states and blow it up. But we were using more cannabis people to get it. Well, you know, just how everything was was rolling out now cannabis beverages are are booming it's like the next yeah. market that everybody's trying to really focus on yeah and before that we were like all right well, how are we going to keep this company around the brand's dope our mission is you know the same whether it has cbd in it or it doesn't and we were like we have to come out with a non-cbd version of this energy drink mm-hmm. so we come out with non-cbd you know these don't have any uh, show it to the camera yep. yeah there, that, that one right too there, yeah Nice. Yeah. yeah. Those are non-CBD versions. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, and we didn't do that until late, like last year. Yeah. And, but there, there's so much that goes into it. Cost, you know, how do you order more labels, you know, coming in like that? Again, we're not a big company. So like when you make a change like that, that's a, that's a big change. It costs a lot of money for a small company, but the doors that opened up with that have been astronomical because there's no CBD in it. And yeah. the world is still new on cannabis and CBD and Delta yeah. 8 and all this other stuff. So yeah. that has really opened the doors up yeah. for us and allowed us to continue to be alive and grow. Right. Yeah. And that's, I wonder, and that brings me to a question I want to ask you about. Do you think there's still a substantial like knowledge gap too, in terms of like, do you think there's just still a big percentage of the market that like, they may not buy from you yet, not because they don't trust your brand, but maybe they're just not even educated on CBD itself. Because yeah, obviously that's a solution, obviously offering a non-CBD product. But like, I feel like the, the best brands will will do best when they educate people too. So yeah. do, you, do you see that there's still like a gap and an opportunity uh, there's a, there's there to a, educate? There's a massive gap and it's it's really like a set generation. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that generation that the war on drugs mm-hmm. and what was put out through news channels and whatever media was going on at the time, you know, you know how media operates. Yeah. You know, they get on one thing and they control whether it's good or bad and they will beat it into the ground. And a lot of people will say, you know what? I heard this on TV. This was bad. <clears throat> so we're still trying to get over that hurdle of that generation that went through. This is bad. Drugs are bad. You know, drugs are bad. Marijuana is, is classified as a, a drug, mm-hmm. but it's not bad. And so overcoming that hurdle and, however you want to say it, Mm re-educating a whole generation and a generation that has a ton of influence in politics and business and everything that's going on in the world. um, That is our hurdle and Mm -hmm. is helping those people understand like, you know, people aren't taking it to get high. Mm -hmm. You know, some do, you know, everybody's got their own reasons why, but a lot of people take it for medicine Mm -hmm. and it's treating different ailments and illnesses and if you look on a lot of the research that's coming out, every cannabis company or every cannabis state that's legalized has picked a billion dollars out of big farmer's pocket. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it, it's massive. Yeah. You just saw it. I saw the, the articles go across social media like a week or so ago that mm-hmm. big pharma in every state is losing, you know, a billion dollars, at least a billion dollars because of cannabis. Good. Yeah. And it's like. That's it. That's the headline I like to see. Yeah. yeah exactly. and, and, it's, yeah. and it's finally a medicine grown from the ground. Yeah. It's like, I mean, some people can riddle it with chemicals. You got to still be careful. But, 
you know, it's still a naturally grown plant medicine that's been around for thousands of years BC. Yeah. They were using this. And and what's what's funny to me is you see psilocybin and mushrooms are moving at a more accelerated rate than I feel like cannabis is right now. Yeah. And as far as like legalization and, you know, the research behind it, you saw the VA is kind of getting behind psilocybin. Say, I think they've hit different niches with that sort of medical use. Yep. And cannabis was slower to hit that. And I think uh, psilocybin went straight to it, like PTSD and things of microdosing and, and all that good stuff. It did. But, I mean, if I smoke a ton of weed... I'm, I'm, you know, I'm either a going to be in the couch or I'm going to be super, super up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I, if, you know, if, on, right? Yes, and if I, if I take one a, with the couch, right? <laughs> you know, if I take a super dose of psilocybin or a couple of grams of mushrooms, like I'm going to trip. Yes. Like I'm having a okay. hell of a high. Bye bye now. Yeah, and you know, however that may work for me, sometimes it's just. Numbers make more sense when I'm high, and you can get a lot done mm-hmm. in those trips or those. But so, why would you know psilocybin make such a faster push? Because it can truly alternate, mm-hmm. you know, our mind compared to you know cannabis that mm-hmm. slows us down, speeds us up, or kind of makes us focus. We sure. truly don't detach from yeah. what's real and what's not real, right? Yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And we can we can all we can all learn and be students of the industry and, and continue to to learn what's out there. Yeah. I was telling Slager on the way here. I just feel like with CBD, with just medical information in general, there's just such a huge gap between yep. like the experts, the professors, the doctors, and like regular people like us or like me. Now you guys know more than I do, but yeah, I feel like in the brands, the podcasts, whoever's like trying to build a brand, build a business, I think the ones that will stand out were the ones that are able to like translate that information yes. at the high level yep. and like dumb it down enough for people. Cause yeah, like we, we get so caught up in what we do, like with my business, with Slager's business, we have like a different level of knowledge and mm-hmm. we got to remember we're speaking to different audiences who have different, different knowledge levels. And I think that, that will be key for CBD brand, any type of CBD for brand or anything that we're new learning new. So and, and that's the thing, too, yeah. is is you come across a lot of people that's only so like what you see in the cannabis industry, like obviously cannabis isn't legal here in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, so the knowledge when you go to a dispensary in Vegas and you talk to those people and their knowledge is it's so much more. Yeah. So when oh, you yeah. deal with different brands and you hear people um, in states that it's not legal in. Like you truly know that they haven't been in fully in the industry and like they're just retelling you what the media has already told you. Mm-hmm. Like they learn the basics real fast. And then because it's not come full circle in that state, they're able to really pump up those basics and make yeah. some of their products sound better. Sure. And they, you know, they cut corners on manufacturing or whatever it may be. And they truly don't understand how the plant grows or understand how cannabis operates in other states so Mm. you you get that you know that amateur aspect of it a lot more because of you know it's just unfortunately it's not legal so we can't practice that and people just don't have the access to the resources and tools to learn that knowledge so you do get a lot of bad products on the market Mm. and i've even talked to and i don't know nearly as much as you do obviously uh you've been in the industry for a long time, but I've talked to, you know, I've learned a lot from you and then from writing for something growing, just all the research I have to do, mm-hmm. uh, for my 
part uh, with that. But even I've been to Illinois and Michigan and shops where these people they don't they can't tell me anything. Yeah, and they're lo- I'm lucky if they know where the plants are from. Yeah, you know. So it's it's like yeah, I I have I'm at an advantage to them because I hang around people like you mm-hmm. and you've introed me to like Matt and stuff. So I'm gonna be able to learn a whole lot more. But you make a great point where if you're going to have these legal states and people behind the counter selling this stuff, like they need to know something. They can't just know which one is the most potent and what's going to get, get you couch locked. Yep. Like you you need more than that. That's not what everyone's after. And that's what, uh, you know, the, the the minor cannabinoids and the terpenes Mm -hmm. and really diving into the plant and starting to become big. Yeah. Um, you know, Ryan with his, his minor cannabinoids and so, but it's hard to come up with that research and find that, you know, yeah. it's so expensive to really do a lot of that stuff. So it, it is suppressed, but it is, it's, I mean, that's where the healing powers are at is the yes, minor stuff. Yes. And it, it is, uh, there's so much to learn, you know, and we're all, we're also amateurs at it. You know, yeah, we have our, our leaders and our mentors, mm-hmm. but we're, they're still learning as fast as we're learning, you know, what they're what they're laying down so yeah yeah so how did you get your your initial start into cannabis i know now it's yeah. a uh it's a pretty popular industry for people to try to jump into they think oh, i'll just get into cannabis oh, it doesn't really work that way but you've been in it for what six seven eight years now uh how did you first get your start it's funny because i really wasn't that interested in it i was doing some bodyguard work and you know, I'd smoked cannabis and, and been around it, but I, I didn't know anything about it um, at all, like like I do now. But I, I started doing bodyguard work, and I ended up moving to Vegas. And Jay, who was my roommate out there, you know, he was connected to all the, the marijuana entrepreneurs, all the big boys. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey, look, man, I can get you some bodyguard work with those guys. And I just went and met them, and I realized these guys are like our age, 37, you know, late 30s, and they're just grinding. And you see, like, how much, like, Vegas, like, loves cannabis, all the different dispensaries. You start learning about it, but you see, like, how they are truly helping people and changing people. And you see the people they interact with and the stories they were getting, and they have these big brands. And being around Cam, you know, he sold Select. Uh, to cure leave and like he was an industry leader and just being able to to do some bodyguard work and overhear those guys talking and how the the industry was evolving and how it was changing and how everybody was you know making money and it was a fast growing industry and then like living in Vegas you really start started to see you know the dispensaries and how in-depth it was and meeting the growers and meeting what these guys are studying and I just took a huge interest in it and I've Literally, I was just a bodyguard working when these guys come into town. Yeah. And I'd, you know, head out to Arizona to Matt's house and just, just around him and listen to him talk. Mm-hmm. You know, he's good friends with, with everybody in the industry. So when you're always with them and those guys are talking, you know, that little information just drips, 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 drips. And then it finally starts to come full circle. And then, you know, me and Jay and another business partner, Nick, we tried to start our own CBD raw material company. You know, when it was just starting to boom and you start to see how hard it was, how hard it was to get products, people interested in it. Um, And, you know, back then a kilo of isolate 
cost me nine thousand dollars <laughs> and you know it comes in like a little jar like this and it just looks like it's a white powdery substance it was just yeah. cbd isolate yeah and we kept we hold this stupid jar around like it was like the holy grail you know yeah, yeah. we paid nine grand for it and we were trying to upsell it to somebody for 10 grand <clears throat> and and hustling this thing and like the market was just a roller coaster going up and down we ended up taking that and and turning it into a product and just trying to sell the yeah, sell yeah. the product because it was so so hard and when you don't know enough about it like those guys can pick out amateurs real fast mm-hmm. so it's even harder to sell your product especially a cannabis product here we yeah are. you know so it was a lot of learning curves and a lot of ups and downs and but it was all worth it. It was yeah, so fun. Yeah. The people we've met, the people, you know, you've had a chance to meet. Mm-hmm. I mean, you meet people that are creating new technologies, yeah. new ways for stuff to enter our body, um, new ways to get, you know, to extract cannabis out of the plant more safely. Uh, there's just so much more that's going on. And you see states starting to legalize, obviously. Um, you know, when that fully happens, it's going to be an amazing industry to see yeah. all 50 states. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. I want to quickly go back again to when you were bodyguarding and when those industry moguls would come into town and you said the information would just drip because you were just hanging around them. Yeah. Did you ever like initiate any like questions? Like it was that because obviously I don't know bodyguard like you're there to do your job. Like did you like ask a lot of questions to them? Oh, like is there is there a lot of anything any specific knowledge that like stuck out or like really interested you um, being around them? Realistic, I would always ask questions because it was never truly like. I was the bodyguard, but I was still the, I was a friend yeah, because I was introduced yeah. to him through a good friend of theirs. So they treated me like a friend. So yeah, like those sure. conversations were, Hey, you know, if shit popped off, I was going to, you know, yeah. I'm down to, down to fight and clown <laughs> on this shit if it yeah. pops off. But I was always able to sit there and, and just pick that knowledge up. And yeah. in, you know, a lot of people want to open their mouth and ask questions, but I would rather just sit there and, and consume everything I could and then formulate my own questions. And like, that's what, Matt was really good at was I would have questions, but like we would meet for lunch mm. and just, I, then I would just, I know he was like a super busy person and I would just lay down like, yo, these are my thoughts. And then he would just go through bam, 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 you mm-hmm. know, no, don't do this. Like this was a nightmare for us oh, yeah. and don't do this. And like, that's what happened with extract. I met Matt and a, I went to Arizona said, Hey, I got a, we've been working on this drink. It's, this is my idea. I'm going to fly out there. I'm going to meet you for lunch. We'll hang out, you know, He's like, yeah, we'll hang out. We'll do some stuff. So I stayed at this house. We literally we met for lunch over a weekend, laid down what extract was. And this was, like I said, this years before the beverage industry was booming. And he said, look, man, if you can pull it off, do it right now. Start right now. Hmm. And I literally flew back from that trip, met with Matt, Mitch, and all those guys. And we put this damn thing together. And then we started hustling it. But mm-hmm. it was just me normally being around those guys and just letting them talk about their experiences and just shutting up and then consuming as much as I could. And then, you know, getting access to Matt outside of work yeah. hours, you know, or just chilling at the house and, and relaxing before he had to go do some. And that's when I would ask those questions and be like, yo, how does this work? Or, you know, I, I always wanted to have a plan together before I would approach him because I know how valuable his time is. Yeah. So I never wanted to ask a dumb question. I know there's no such thing as dumb questions, but in my eyes, 
Like I just truly wanted to get good value. Like him feel like he was getting good value at his time when he was. Yeah, yeah that's because that's good reps for him. Yes. To to educate because like you become a master in your craft not only when you learn the information but when you teach and yep. impart that information on other people. So I'm sure he liked having those. And you said you would like write write down your thoughts sometimes and send it to him. Yep. And he'd like go bang bang bang. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that that's, that's, so that's how you know I. The same thing with the convention, and you were on the Zoom with Matt, mm-hmm. and you know we'd made the introduction to Matt a couple of weeks before we had the Zoom, but I we truly, I truly wanted to have our ducks in a line, you know, because I know thirty minutes of Anthony's time, thirty minutes of your time, my time, Matt's time is so very important. Exactly. But when you're dealing with high level entrepreneurs like Matt and Anthony, yeah. like we have to have our ducks in a line when I go yeah. through any, they have any an expensive yeah. hourly. Yeah, yeah, that is a very expensive hour. So mm-hmm. like. Your dad, it's, it's the truly, most prepared person in the room. He's yep. got it. Yep. And prepared. that's how I treat, you know, I treat a lot of that stuff. It's like, yeah. hey, these guys are willing to give me 30 minutes. This fucking better be worth their 30 minutes. Or right. they're going to laugh at me and not going to give a fuck and, about what I have to say. make it busy, too. So yeah. that's good. You had everything laid out. You, you didn't go one question, then you hit them up the next day. Oh, I have another question. Then yeah. like two days later, hey, I got a couple. It's like, do it all at once. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and you know, make it. I wish more people followed that advice. Yeah. And and you would get get more access to their knowledge if you just didn't bullshit them and want to, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like they're growing a business. They're billionaires or whatever. Like they don't have 15 minutes. Like Jeff Bezos. What would you – if you saw Jeff Bezos on a train, you think he's going to, you know – his, he, his 30 minutes is probably like a couple hundred grand at least. At least. You know, like, at least. At least. At least yeah. you know, it's, How much he makes per minute. Yeah. yeah. It's so Crazy. hard, man, to and to get access to that knowledge, but you have to do it strategically. Yeah. They're willing to give it up. Yeah. You know, they're wanting to change the world for a reason. And they're building big companies because they change a lot of lives or they provide income and money to a lot of people and allow a, a lot to go on. So, like, you have to have your ducks in line because these people are – focused and they're not wasting time in their days. wasting time but they will you know help you along the way as long as it's not as like we've talked gary v he's like oh i have seven minutes to talk to you yeah yeah and i guess yeah what do you mean, mean seven minutes that's what i got dude like yeah and yeah that just goes back to like just outreach and like getting on people's calendars and like re- like doing cold outreach for sales or anything like you want to get on their you want to give them value up front you want to make it worth their while like yep. You want to make your ask, but you need to provide like why you're asking it and like what's what's in it for them as well. Like what's going to be worth their time. So that's a good thought. I wanted to go over real quick because we talked about an issue between uh, cannabis and consumers of lack of education. And I think this question would be good for multiple reasons. Um, but uh, Kyle, maybe go through a couple of either a misconception about the cannabis industry, about marijuana, or I know you've given me like when I first uh, linked up with you in Simply Nano, you're like, hey, at least know these three things. Maybe give our audience a little bit of, of knowledge, some education, like I said, a misconception or you know the big three things you always tell me uh, just so people have an idea of, okay, well, then what am I missing? Right. Say there's a big gap. What are we missing? Well, a lot of people, the misconception is marijuana makes you lazy or, you know, it drives down your motivation or it opens you know it's it's considered bad but realistically like when you truly dive into the plant you start to understand all the different cannabinoids in it those all do something different in our body and you know we have the endocannabinoid system in our body for a reason so as you start to understand like indica everybody says oh indica weed into couch 
you know, that's high in CBN <laughs> and there's other terpenes that have different properties. Um, like linalool is almost identical to lavender. Well, what's lavender do? Why is lavender in all Relaxes females you, yeah. lotions? Yeah. Because it relaxes you and your body, when your body smells lavender, it associates that and starts release, you know, releasing stress relieving properties. And it's the same thing in marijuana. So linalool is almost identical to lavender. So when you smell it and you smoke it and you start to get those stress relieving uh, properties released through your body, mm-hmm. CBN, that helps combat sleep. That's what essentially I look at as like a natural form of melatonin mm-hmm. um, that's in the plant. So indica weed is very high in that. Um, and then you have, um, you know, your hybrids and, and your uppers and your sativa, sorry, not your uppers, <laughs> but your sativas and your sativas are. Yes, it's speed weed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but your sativa has other terpenes that your body associates with, and that's why it wakes you up and helps you helps other people focus. And a lot of people like sativa because they don't go in the couch or yep. they don't feel that that other terpene and that other cannabinoid bringing them down to kind of slow them down. Mm-hmm. So that is the you know a lot of the misconception is they just don't understand the different plant parts of the plant the terpenes the yeah. cannabinoids the miners you know and that's what we're truly trying to educate people and that's what we're trying to isolate out you know we want to isolate out cb um cbg yep. you know and that's that's gut, gut health, health and yeah. cbd and cbc and cbn and now you have you've messed with cbdv yeah cbdv and that's more when we energy. have it just pure cbdv has been more of an upper for us yeah you know like could we replace Adderall with CBDV Maybe. is Adderall formulated based off CBDV mm-hmm. because I believe scientists and places like Eli Lilly and Big Pharma, they've been doing a lot of study and research on the plant. So you can't patent the plant. You can patent man-made synthetics yeah. and medicines. So is Adderall based off the chemical makeup of the cannabinoid CBDV? Mm-hmm. It's more of a, it helps people focus and it's an upper. That's what Adderall does for me. You know, if I, I take Adderall, I'm, I'm in the zone, but I'd rather be in the zone from a plant than a man-made synthetic that, you know, we don't know the side effects on it. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah, you get a list of 30 negative side effects at the end of your commercial. Yeah, but that you might get some sweet. work done for four hours. Yeah, right, right. You know, and, and people are willing to give that, that trade off. Like, all right, whatever, I need this this high right now or I need this fixed right now, it's only going to be temporary and all this other stuff might cause mm-hmm. issues when, you know, cannabis, yeah, the side effects, 100%. You know, where are they at? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Tim asked a good question in one of our other interviews. I'm going to kind of hijack this question. Uh, Please do. Yeah. I like good I, questions. I, I really liked it. And... So you're you're running all these things, and you're you're able to manage all these businesses at the same time. I'm sure you have a lot of people in your ear about this thing, that thing. Oh, you should do this. How do you uh, kind of filter advice? The things you take, the things you don't take. Um, where it's like, oh, that's pretty useful. Oh, this dude just, you know, he doesn't know. He's never run a business. Don't know what he's saying. How do you filter all that noise to get? what you think is the most useful pieces of information to where, oh, if I apply that, yeah, that could really enhance something. Uh, well, I think Shaq said it best. When he met Bezos, he said he only invests in stuff that might change the world. Hmm. And that is really, 
you know, Shaq said he, you know, he took a, a, a liking to that and like started looking at business approach. I'm pretty sure it was Shaq. Shaq's a great investor. Yeah. That would make sense if he said that. And I'm, I'm, I'm almost positive that he had met Bezos and Bezos was like, look, I invest in stuff that I believe is going to change the world. And like Shaq was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And for me, like I'm such a go-getter and I, I believe in everybody. So if they have a business plan or if they have an idea, like, yo, let's fucking do this. Let's figure this out. And mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that was one thing where I would just stretch myself so thin and trying to do that. But now, you know, my best friend, Matt, is almost, you know, he is my business partner. So when all these ideas come to the table, like they have to sit down with Matt and he's a numbers cruncher. Okay. And he tries to make sense of, yo, like, oh, is this going to make sense? Can we put all of our, you know, can we put an egg in this basket? Because we are, you know, when I we go to attack something, we're going to run 100 miles an hour at it. And then we have to add that into our plan of everything else that we're already juggling around. So how does that fit? And me and him were having this discussion, you know, last week. It was like, how are we going to, you know, make all these other companies that we we like fit into our schedule? And it's it's truly looking at it as like, how can this change the world? How can we utilize our network? How would this help our network? Yeah. You know, is there an instant way to help our network? Can we save them money? Can we, this product you know, put years on their life or whatever it may be. So all those factors like really goes, goes down into it. You know, I'm not a millionaire by any means, but I'm a hustler and I'm looking for, you know, ways to help increase my income. And they say, you got to have seven different incomes. Mm-hmm. You know, the rule is seven different incomes, all this stuff, to be, to be a millionaire. Well, like seven different incomes to me is seven different business opportunities. And if we got to go sell the products or if we got to build the companies or whatever it may be, it's just a lot that goes into it. So mm-hmm. it's sitting right. down and, and having, you know, cause I'm not a numbers guy mm-hmm. and I suck at numbers. And I think that was one thing that I, I failed at a lot of. It's like, Oh yeah, let's do this. And then you start looking at the numbers and nothing makes sense. Yeah. And you've wasted two months of a lot of energy and it just never made sense. So for mm-hmm. me, it was, it was getting a team and having true mentors around me and meeting with those guys and and finding the right mentors because some mm, mentors sure. are going to tell you that everything and then bam here comes a rug pull and you're just hanging out and you yeah. know they have tons of money they just go right back to their own direction and yeah. nothing changes and here you are you're trying to to hustle and make it and you got other people that are relying on that too and then bam rug pull and it's just it's tough yeah so you've got to yeah. find the right mentor and you've got to be able to siphon through their bullshit. Because they may see you're the go-getter and they need you because they don't want to go do the hard work. And then they just the fucking put their hooks in you and then they, yeah, and then they use you and abuse you and you never even truly get what you were thinking you were going to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, it's they, cold they, world. They suck more out of the relationship. It is. Business and is cold world. It is. Business has no feelings. Mm-hmm. That's what the fuck I say now. Yeah. I feel like it's been through the ringer the last few years and- and unfortunately, being a go-getter or being the muscle or and, and all that other stuff, it's just you got to become smarter. Yeah. And, and I you think have looking, seen it from every side, too. Yeah. Yeah, you have to become better in business. You have to become better. You have to – it's just like football. You have to understand what the hell the offense is trying to do to you. And as soon as you figure that out faster than them, then you can be in position and you start to see the keys of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then you just – block all the bullshit or go yeah. go make the tackles and it's it has been a learning curve i feel like i've learned a lot over the last three years good of, of that so it has been selective and who you really want to work with and truly see like 
you know, these guys are entrepreneurs that are willing to give their their knowledge to you and not mm -hmm. use you. And they're, yeah. you, you know, they're putting the work in with you. You know, so a lot of my partners now, you know, we all, we all pull the same weight. Yeah, which good. You have to. to. Yeah. Otherwise, you'll start resenting somebody. And yeah. It gets bad. Dragging ass and yeah. Yeah. It can get ugly quick. It gets bad. So we got uh, the convention coming up. Um, I wanted to hit that before we kind of finish things, but something growing. Uh, I know we're each in that, but talk to us a little bit about something growing, what it is, what the company's um, kind of vision is, and let's let's talk about the event in December. So something growing come about. Uh, Lance, my partner in Extract, um, he's big in event space in Virginia. Um, Anthony. Anthony is a staple in Virginia in the cannabis community. He's on Virginia Normal's uh, board of directors. Uh, he has a dispensary. He he's has a CBD man. brand. He's got a lot going on. He's a, a serial entrepreneur. Um, and I met with these guys. It was probably a year or so ago, and we were just talking about like our dreams, like, hey, what was something you know that we would be interested in doing? And we want to bring the community together. We want to build it up in Virginia. We want like marijuana to thrive and do what it's done in other states. You know, kindergarten is free in Colorado because of cannabis sales. Mm -hmm. um, and there's other things and other perks that it, that it, that plant brings to the state. So we want to really highlight that. And then we want to bring all of our network together and celebrate cannabis and help educate and help bring people um, to see what this plant is doing and help bring testimonials. And by that, I said, you know, let's just have a, let's do a convention. Like you see the big ones in Vegas, you see them all over. Like we could do this bigger and better than, than anybody. So let's put this together. Lance and Anthony, uh, they were the main driving force behind it. Uh, they got it going. They went and rented the actual convention and put the money down for that. And then we brought in Mike Metzer, um, who's a marketing guru, he does a lot of, um, keynote speaks and then you know he builds his company and, and does a lot with a lot of high high quality influencers um or high level people mm -hmm. so we all come together got the space and we started throwing it together we got the logo and then we've just slowly started to expand out and try and build it and fill it out our goal was to get speakers i think we've got 15 speakers confirmed right now Love from it. you know all walks of the industry you know from moguls to Growers, uh, female geneticists. I mean, just it's, yeah. there's there's everything there, and the the knowledge to thrive in the marijuana industry will be at that convention. Mm -hmm. And like that was our goal: is how do we help bring everybody else up with us? How do we bring our amazing network into this? And the best thing is events is bringing people together. And so we've said, hey, look, we're gonna throw this convention together. And then we mm -hmm. brought yeah. you know you onto the team. Uh, writing and it's it's truly a lot of guys that want to make content a creation. Yeah, I love it, man. I love learning about the plant and all its forms. It's so fun. And we've had psychedelics to it. You know that went yeah. from like again, this went from a cannabis convention to boom. Now we've added psychedelics, and Anthony's doing a lot of studies on psychedelics. Mm -hmm. um, it grows faster than marijuana, so there's always these these positives. And the psychedelic community is just like the cannabis community. You know, they just want to get their information out. They just want to help people. They want to heal people. They want to bring everybody together. Yeah. And this convention is going to be fucking dope. Mm -hmm. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Sounds like it. Well, and like you said earlier with extract, like you had to learn to adapt and kind of 
you know, you got to move with the cheese. We read that book in, in school as business. You know, you got to move with the cheese. Yep. You're going to starve. And so adding psychedelics, it's just, it's adapting to the market and the industry. So it's and natural. It's, it's just like the plant. It grows in yeah. nature. So yeah, why not? They go hand in hand almost. Absolutely. And uh, it, it was perfect to add that in because it's been, yeah, it's such, it's coming. All right. Yeah, we've been we've been rolling. Uh, Tim, uh, I know I kind of in our questions I wrote down your uh, yeah that's kind of tweaked last that's, one. That's too hijacked. No, okay. I, so you, didn't let, you didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. I said I wasn't going to hijack it. I just said I tweaked it when I sent the questions. I still want you to deliver. No, you can deliver. No, 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 no. I, I, think, I, I already think stole it's one. Phrased well. I stole one. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear about it. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, before Tim gets to that last question, uh, do you have any others for Kyle? No, I'm I'm good on mine. Right. I thought we covered a lot of what we prepared, but mm-hmm. I feel like we've kind of intermixed some some different yeah. conversations here. A lot yeah. of I think a lot of people are going to get value from this episode. Yeah, so especially sure. entrepreneurs. I hope, man. Trying to hustle. I'm not yeah. successful by any means, but I promise you, we don't give up. Right, and hey, it's it's working. Like it's. It's here. It's we're coming, man. We're chugging along. We just keep punching. I mean, the next twelve to eighteen months, we just keep punching. Then we're gonna see it. We're gonna punch something out. Um, <laughs> yeah, something's, <gonna laughs> something's, something's getting knocked out. Uh, but Kyle, anything else that you want to touch on can be about anything. Um, if we haven't, or uh, any other thoughts that that you have about business, otherwise, uh, to kind of give our audience. Man, I don't know. We covered a lot. I just want to be a, a regular guest. We can just always drop some heat done i hope i can bring some done. cannabis guests to the show to help you know help get that bring that part in entrepreneurs i got a ton of friends that you know would love to talk about their businesses their experiences so yeah you know tune in and maybe we can you know i'll help you guys yeah Appreciate bring that, bring just more knowledge of, yeah. of experiences and yeah, what we've got going that. on the grind yeah, yeah. that's everyone's all it is. got a unique journey yeah. to share and that's so. that's important man just Close your ears and listen, and you never know what uh, yeah what'll happen. Hundred yeah. percent. Okay, great. All right, Tim, deliver it yeah, to this okay, man. Okay. Well, so you know how when you go to Wikipedia, you look up anybody on Wikipedia, it says so and so is a blank, 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 and blank. So if someone were to look you up on Wikipedia, what would you want to? Because we asked you before, like, what you want to be known for. It's kind of a different spin right. on that question. What would you want the first line of your Wikipedia page to say? The first line of my Wikipedia page would say, "Love that question." Yeah, and you don't have it. Doesn't need to be a full sentence. Right. Like if you could just pick a noun that you want to be described as. Fuck, man! I just want I just want people to know I was a beast and just networking. <laughs> yes, yes. A beast at, at networking and fuck, man, building my the network and the people I know from where I'm from. Here we are, man. Here we are, chopping it up on the cast. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. I appreciate, appreciate you, your time. Appreciate Fuck you, yeah. brother. All right, yeah, dude. Big things ahead. You already, you are successful, man. But it's we're working. That snowball's going over the edge. I All right, appreciate everyone. It, yo. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks for listening. Uh, check out Extract Energy. Something growing. Uh, all the things Kyle is dabbling in. He's got a lot of knowledge, a lot of value to offer. Reach out to him if you have questions, slide in those DMs. And until next time, we are out of here.